one of my coaches kind of challenged me a lot on that. It's more just like, well, let's understand right what the purpose of that fear is. Like, what where is the truth behind that fear? Well, fear it's really just a defense mechanism that we've all had since we were, you know, cavemen, cavewomen, right? And you know, when there were dinosaurs trying to eat us, of course, our fear would kick in and say, "Yo, Adam, don't get eaten by that dinosaur," right? But nowadays, you know, there's no dinosaurs trying to eat us, obviously. But what we do have fear of is um, financial ruin, or if I do invest that money and I lose my money and I can't, you know buy that house when I wanted, or I don't have a roof over my family's head or whatever it is. Right. And so that really drives us. But then I'm, I'm a human being, right? Like I fall in that trap all the time, like to, to this day, right? I've done a good amount of deals in my lifetime. And to this day, I still like, I'm still like, oh, well, what if I do this and I, I mess up so bad that I, I lose everything. Right. Really, I try to just unpack that and just like really understand the truth behind that. Like, is that actually accurate? Or am I just making up this story in my mind to feel to make myself feel more comfortable not doing it? Because I know I'm comfortable not doing it, right? And anytime you're uncomfortable, you know that you're challenging yourself to, to expand and grow your, your, your mindset. So, uh, and I'll give you an example of that, right? It's mostly just, you know, I'm a big numbers geek. So a lot of it is just like, oh, well, am I going to go broke if I do this? Well, you know, have I really stress test this deal? Right? Have I really committed to myself to, to make sure that I look out for anything that may go wrong in this deal and then plan for that? And if that case I do, I might go bankrupt, right? then I'm probably not gonna do that deal, right? But if I do that in most nine out of 10 times, you do that you know, analysis, you know, you're gonna be fine at the end of the day. Hello everyone and welcome to the Flow Over Fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Flow Over Fear. I am so glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. I have a great guest today, somebody who's who I've known for a couple of years now uh, through a particular mastermind we've been in. And his name is Calvin Chin. He is a full-time real estate investor who has invested his way from his nine-to-five job to financial freedom in just five years. And he's built a personal portfolio of over 150 units valued at over $25 million dollars. And he's done so through single-family homes, flipping, Airbnbs, the Burr Method, which we'll talk about the multifamily uh, homes and commercial projects. And today, through his and his wife's company, Zen Coast University, he helps people create their own wealth through real estate, allowing them to get their time and their energy back so that they can give that knowledge back to their communities. A rising tide lifts all ships, and Calvin Chin, my guest today, is the embodiment of a rising tide. Thank you, sir, for joining us today. I'm glad to have you here, man. Yeah, Adam, man, it's been awesome to to see you grow, man, and I'm I'm excited to to share whatever knowledge I can to to your listeners, man. Well, yeah, I I, I mean, you have an amazing story, and and one of the one of the things I love about your story is that it's I mean that it's just consistent work that that's gotten you to where you are. I mean, there's that that you know from outside appearance from outside appearances a lot of times when you know somebody says yeah in 5 years i made it to financial freedom it seems like it's kind of like this overnight success but just you know in in talking with you and, and learning more about you it's it's like no you started with you know you, you started and you made progressive steps like 
you know, started with single families, moved into multifamily, moved into this, and then, you know, and then over time with consistent effort, you, you got to where you're at. Can you speak on like what, yeah. Can you speak on that a little bit on, on how you, uh, is, is that resonate with how you, how you got to where oh, you're a thousand at? percent, man. I think, uh, everyone always wants that like really quick, easy solution that happens overnight. Right. And, uh, I always like to say we're, we're an overnight success over many, many, many years. Right. And, you know, yeah. I think the consistency part is, is definitely one part, but I actually would have even argued it's more consistently failing <laughs> over and yeah. over and over again until we got it right. And, you know, I, I like to think of myself as something that's like super vanilla in terms of my investment strategy of like, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, have like, you know, on podcasts, they'll go over like some crazy strategy that they do. But really for us, you know, we just started to buy assets with any kind of extra capital we had and just kept on doing that and making mistakes and learning from those mistakes and, and then, you know, and, and just doing better and better deals from there. So, um, I think the moral of the story was, yeah, consistently, you know, failing forward, but consistently just doing it. Right. And I think that's one of the, the key aspects of just being able to do it. Consistently failing forward. I, lo- I love that. So it's, it's, it's not that you have to just like hit home runs all the time. It's just learning from whatever your experiences are and continuing on regardless. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, it's funny you mentioned yes. that because I have a lot of students who are just like, oh yeah, I want my first deal to be a home run. I'm like, no, like you just want your first deal to, to do a deal, right? And like yeah. learn from it because, yeah. you know, if you get a home run, awesome, right? But, you know, most likely, like you just got to get in the game and learn how to do it. And then you can start, you know, hitting those home runs more and more consistently as you start to, you know, learn what to look up or whatnot. So, yeah. So, what, what, uh, what got you into the game uh, of this? I mean, you, I mean, you started in 95. Kind of, if you can give us some of your backstory on where you yeah. came from, how you grew 100%, up. man. So, I came from a background where, you know, it was always taught to me that success in, in life, right, would be like getting a good job with a good W 2 at the end of the day, great benefits, corner office, a great title, all that stuff, right? And, you know, that's what I, you know, strived for when I was, you know, younger. Was I thought that was like the American dream was what success would be and success would equal happiness. And so, you know, went into uh, tech, uh, which right now isn't always booming, but it was always booming back in the day. And and so, you know, worked in tech for like eight years, but really I, when I got into tech, I thought that I had made it when I started, like, you know, when I started to climb the corporate ladder and really make some good money and, and really get the title, like I thought that I had made it. And what I didn't realize was that, you know, even though I made it, it didn't equate to happiness, right? It didn't equate to mm. like me being fulfilled at all. I mean, you know, I would argue that anyone, not to, you know, not to bash on tech, but I was selling database at the time, man, and I don't think anyone's passionate about database. So, um, right. And so I really figured out fastly, like, this is not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. There was something else that I knew I wanted to do. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I knew I, it wasn't spending my time, you know, going to corporate meetings, you know, putting in TPS reports and QBRs and all that stuff. It was more about, um, you know, where can I spend my time that gets me juiced up and fired up and fills my cup and, you know, uh, I did what every sane person does uh, when I get home. I would Google, how do I quit my job? And, you know, real estate was one of the consistent things that came up a lot. And at the time I was living in, in San Francisco in the city and, uh, you know, paying a bunch, a lot of money for rent. Right. And I was like, sure. All right, this guy, you know, that I'm paying every month. He's probably making some sort of money. Right. On this. And so, you know, let me try to look into this more. And that's what I did. I, you know, started reading the books, the podcasts, all that stuff. But I think as part of that too, I mean, as anyone probably knows that they're going through it right in the beginning, it, it feels like a fire hose of, of data and information. And you're like, I don't know what to do. I, you know, all these concepts sound great, but I don't know what to actually tactically do. And that's kind of where I got stuck at least, but, uh, you know, eventually was able to find my path and just take action and, 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 and do it. And, um, you know, like I said, fail forward from there. 
Yeah. Wow. That's uh, so. Um, yeah, and, and real estate. I mean, just two simple words has a has, has a lot of depth to it. Yeah. So you you run down that that uh, rabbit hole of trying to find more information on it. Yeah, it's like a fire hose. Uh, one thing that like maybe off on a little tangent here, but this kind of piqued my interest because you said you were doing TPS reports <laughs> and the other thing. I heard that in Office Space. That's what. So are those really a thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I was making an Office Space reference too. Okay. I'm sure they are good, good. somewhere, man, but. Uh, no, it was, you know, we just have like things on quarterly business reviews and stuff like that. But, uh, oh, yeah, that I yeah. get like my, yeah. you know, I get goosebumps even just like hearing myself even talking about that again. So <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. It's like, any yeah. Once you get into that, that, that zone, it, it becomes, it, it just becomes, it absorbs yeah. your life with all these reports, all these meetings, everything. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that, that decision, I mean, I, Probably, obviously, one you don't take lightly. I mean, one that has you know a lot of fear yeah. in it, you know. And and what was the trigger that? I mean, you went home, you you Googled, you know, things like how do I quit my job, and you started asking these questions. Um, what a, a lot of people might just take that that dissatisfaction and stay there because it's the comfort they know mm. versus the discomfort that they don't know. Yeah. What was it that differentiated you that made you want to really take the leap? Was it just that painful or was there something that you were going toward? Yeah. You know, actually, it's funny. I'm going to say something that's super controversial here, but it wasn't even that painful for me, right? Like I did enjoy mm -hmm. some of the parts of it. Like I had a, an awesome team. Um, I love talking with people in general. So I, I actually liked the the core aspects of it. it. Just, I knew that, you know, if I like listened to what I wanted my tombstone to read and who I was as a person. Like I thought that's not who I like really wanted to leave a legacy behind on. And so I would say it was actually just around being around other people that, you know, I looked up to as mentors in general and seeing what they were doing with their lives. And none of them had a nine to five. Right. And all of them were, you know, making an impact on the world in some capacity. Right. Uh, look at someone like Tim Road, for example. Right. So um, really it got to a point where I always knew that I, I didn't want to stay in here forever and it take and I'll, I'll be full transparent. It took me a long time because, like you said, Adam, man, like it's tough. Like it's easy to say in constantly, oh, I'm gonna quit my job tomorrow, but like to actually go do yeah. it, it probably when we when I started doing that, I would you know take all my you know I was selling tech right, so I would take all my commissions, I would just buy real estate with that and try to go passive income from that. And eventually, I hit a point where that passive income you know covered out my my expenses and, and my my salary at the time, my base salary. And I could have quit, that, mm -hmm. right? That's what I always told myself. I hit that, I'll quit, right? I didn't, right? So right. It, it took me longer right. because I was like, well, I have the safety net, you know, I could continue to do what I'm doing, right? And then you have all this fear, like, what if I don't make it on the other side? I'm really like an idiot. And actually the biggest thing I had was I had self-doubt around what my, I would look, perceived it look like to my peers, to my family. I was a big one, right? And, you know, on yeah. the surface, you're like, why would you quit your job that you're making good money in? You have a good title, you have security, right? And I was like, well, I don't love what I'm doing, right? And so, you know, even even though I, I could, I, I just couldn't do it because I didn't know, you know, what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be as a person. And so it took me probably like two or three years later uh, down the road. And actually it was when my... Uh, they were trying to promote me into a leadership direction where they were like, Hey, you're going to take over your team here. And this is the path you're going to take. And I knew that was my fork mm. in the road of like, either I am pot committed to this and like, I'm going to do this, or this is the, the, the chance I take where I'm actually going to veer off and, and, and change my life. And I, I veered off and, and changed my life and it was not an easy task. It, you know, I woke up sweating sure. a lot, 
a lot of fear in the first six months to a year for sure. But, um, you know, what I've learned is that all that uncomfortableness, uncomfortableness makes you a lot stronger and it makes me who, you know, who you are today, essentially. So. Sure. How did that, how did that fear show up in that first six months or so of quitting? Mm. Like, so you left your job and you started full-time in real yeah, estate? Yeah, 100%. It's a lot of self-doubt, right? Self-doubt, was yeah. this the right decision? Um, you know, am I good enough? Right. So, you know, a lot of people don't talk about this, uh, you know, when you listen to real estate podcasts or, you know, YouTube video stuff, right. but because it didn't sell, but really, you know, the mindset aspect was key for me in the first, you know, uh, year I would say. And, and it wasn't even just like the mindset that year, but it was actually the foundational stuff that I was doing, you know, the years prior to even quitting of like changing that mindset around being around people that were, you know, thinking, uh, in a different way than I was at the time. And, and I think that actually helped me prepare myself for that year because if I went cold turkey and I didn't like really have that proper mindset of like, hey, why is this happening for me versus why is this happening to me, right? And understanding <laughs> that, uh, you know, it's all about the belief that you can do it, right? And, 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 and believing that your, your self-worth is, is, is worthy and, and detaching also to the money aspect. I think that's a really big part that we all struggle with, especially with the nine to five because really the nine to five is, you know, we give you a paycheck to, to forget your dreams and, and work for us, Right. And um, sure. detaching from the golden, you know, handcuffs in a way, it's tough, right? But if you can detach from that, like external, uh, you know, I call it like external, not pressure, but external like validity, if you call it, right? Um, then yeah. it helped a lot too of, of that, that transition year. Hey, everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you've been listening for a while, you know how important community and mentorship is to living a life of abundance above your fears. If you want to connect with me, hear about new offerings, episodes, and strategies to live with conviction, courage, and clarity, then sign up for my newsletter now. It's a way to stay connected to me outside of social media and bring a little empowerment to your inbox and maybe a few dad jokes here and there. Sign up now at adamcliffordhill.com. Now back to the show. So is that is that part of your process of developing that mindset was to disconnect from those golden handcuffs, as you say, or just disconnect from the paycheck? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I'll share yeah. this too. I and mean, one of the big lessons I learned was, um, you know, I was in I was in sales, right? So it was very achievement focused, right? So achievement focused meaning that, you know, all I cared about was the next deal, right? I cared about you know what you know what I was going to make that year if I was going to make it to President's Club or where I stacked ranked my company, right? And uh, that was early mm -hmm. on in my career versus, you know, really what, you know, my coach and I work with a lot is, is more just purpose-driven, right? Like, how do I become purpose-driven? Meaning right. that, you know, it shouldn't be about the money, right? But it should be about, you know, making an impact on other people or, you know, for us, for me personally, it's like, if I can help, uh, you know, a thousand people change their lives to get, you know, passive income using real estate as a vehicle, right? And they can go, you know, change one other person's life in their community, then, you know, now we're starting to make an impact that really makes me feel, you know, like an amazing human being. And some of that, if I were on my deathbed, can, can say, you know what, I lived a, a fulfilling life, right? And that to me yeah. is different than, oh, I wish I could be a, a bajillionaire, right? Like that, okay, whatever. Sure. But this is like, wow, that's really cool. So, yeah. No, that's 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 a that's an interesting point. I mean, because it, it becomes more about the why than why you're doing that, why you're disconnecting from those golden handcuffs and why you're pursuing this new real estate thing is there's there's a there's a purpose behind it rather than I just want to get financial freedom or I want I want this. And and that's that's powerful because I could see that there's a lot of fear around the money aspect too. I mean, just just the idea of investing that first whatever whatever it may be in a property. Like, you know, you could have say a hundred thousand dollars in cash or whatever, whatever it is and say, 
I can invest this in a property or I can see that it's in my account and see that it's there. <laughs> and I, I could see people have that fear. I've had that fear. I mean, was that something that you wrestled with at the beginning? And, and did that purpose really drive you to do yeah, that? Yeah, I think we all have that same fear, Adam. And, you know, one of, one of my coaches kind of challenged me a lot on that. It's more just like, well, let's understand right, what the purpose of that fear is. Like, what, where is the truth behind that fear? Well, fear, it's really just a defense mechanism that we've all had since we were, you know, cavemen and cavewomen, right? And, you know, when there were dinosaurs yeah. trying to eat us, of course, our fear would kick in and say, yo, Adam, don't get eaten by that dinosaur, right? But nowadays, you know, there's no dinosaur trying to eat us, obviously. But what we do have fear of is um, financial ruin. Or if I do invest that money and I lose my money and I can't, you know, buy that house when I want it, or I, uh, you know, can't, you know, have, I don't have a roof over my, my family's head or whatever it is. Right. And so that really drives us. But then I always, you know, challenge myself to, you know, and I, I'm, I'm a human being, right? Like I fall in that trap all the time, like to, to this day, right. I've done a good amount of deals in my, right. in, in my lifetime. And to this day, I still like, I'm still like, Oh, well, what if I do this and I, I mess up so bad that I, I lose everything. Right. And so really I, I, I try to just unpack that and just like, really understand the truth behind that. Like, is that actually accurate? Or am I just making up this story in my mm -hmm. mind to feel, to make myself feel more comfortable not doing it? Because I know I'm comfortable not doing it, right? And anytime you're uncomfortable, sure. you know that you're challenging yourself to, to expand and grow your, your, your mindset. So, uh, and I'll give you an example of that, right? It's mostly just, you know, I'm a big numbers geek. So a lot of it is just like, oh, well, am I going to go broke if I do this? Well, you know, have I really stress test this deal? Right? Have I really committed to myself to, to make sure that I look out for any, anything that may go wrong in this deal, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and then plan for that. And if that yeah. case I do, I might go bankrupt, right? then I'm probably not going to do that deal, right? But if I do that in most nine out of 10 times, you do that you know, analysis, you know, you're going to be fine at the end of the day, right? And so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's no that that's great advice because I you know I think a lot of a lot of people do struggle with that I, letting go of 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 what those fears are and and elevating those fears in our head and the fear tends to get in the way of that analysis and, and I guess the um, uh, the well yeah just the numbers that that work and we just elevate what could go wrong um, and um, you know you'd mentioned you kind of you know, you failed upward. <laughs> and so you obviously made some mistakes and all that kind of stuff. Um, what, what, what were some of your, what were some of the mistakes that, that helped you the most to, to guide you toward your, where you're oh, at? Oh man, man, you put me on the spot like that. Yeah. I got a lot of them, man. I got a whole book of mistakes I'm sure I have, but, uh, one that always oh, defines <laughs> one that I, you know, really was really early on in my investing career is probably the, it was probably the first investment deal that we did. Um, hmm. And uh, it was actually a, uh, so kind of back to that, you know, kind of story of starting out, right? Like, you know, we were reading the books, listening to the podcast, all that stuff. And, you know, it felt too big. It felt like too heavy. I didn't feel like I was smart enough. Like I, it's like your first day at the job, you're like, what am I doing? Like there's too many acronyms and reports. I'm never gonna be able to do this. And that's what I told myself. Yeah. And, and it, it ended up feeling too heavy. And then, you know, kind of the analysis paralysis stuck in where it was like months, you know, at a time where I just didn't do anything. And so... Um, I came up with a really wise decision at the time was to, you know, let's just be a private money lender to a flipper here in California and we'll just give them money, right? And that way we'll be investors mm -hmm. and we'll learn, you know, on the job that way. And so that's what we did. Uh, you know, we had, my wife and I had saved up about 100K in our savings account at the time and we had found a flipper in San Francisco and we're like, let's, you know, give her 100,000 bucks for the rehab as a private money loan, you know, 10% return and we'll, you know, 
we'll, we'll be investors that way. And so we did a handshake deal, did the deal and she finished up the rehab, sold it. And, uh, you know, we went to the closing table to go pick up her check. And, you know, she, it was like, she was like, I don't, I don't have your money. I moved it over oh, wow. to a development project in Reno without ever, without ever asking us. And so, yeah, that was probably, you know, eight years ago now to the day. And, um, you know, we haven't seen that money since, and we haven't seen her since really. And, and, wow. and so that was a, a really kick in the teeth, uh, in the very first way. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like I, my first initial mindset was like, yeah, all right, real estate sucks. Let's just, we'll yeah. just, you know, work our nine to five and we'll be safe. Right. And my wife really challenged me there and was like, Hey, you know, we were 24 at the time. So we were young and she was like, Hey, we'll recover. We'll be fine. Right. And uh, we just got to make sure that we never made the same mistakes ever again. And uh, that's what we did. And, uh, you know, I, I look at that experience and I, I tell people this and people think I'm crazy, but I'm like, I would never take that experience back because it made us, you know, who we were today. It made us one way better investors. We knew what, like what, what ref flags to look out for, gave us a lot thicker skin, made sure that we put everything in writing and paperwork and had the right contracts in place and all that stuff that, you know, they don't teach you in college or high school. Right. And, and, sure. uh, and two, it just made us better human beings because I, I, I knew I never wanted that to ever happen to anyone else ever again. Cause you know, that way it made me feel, me and my wife feel, oh, it was dark, man. It was a dark, dark place. But again, like looking on the other side now of just enduring, right? It, it, it made us way better people. And actually, we were at a conference this last week and one of these speakers, she's like, uh, I forgot her name, but she's like a, a sports agent for like Doc Rivers and a bunch of NBA head coaches and PGA tour guys and stuff like that. And she said, the guys, the difference between the guys who make the PGA tour cut and the guys who don't, right? Talent-wise, not much, right? But the <laughs> one big difference was uh, the ability to recover from failure fast. And I was like, mm -hmm. whoa, like that blew my mind. I was like, that is a, a really, really strong, um, a really strong like uh, attribute that I, I've never really thought about, to, just to be able to recover fast um, versus let it yeah. linger and, and let it drain into the other areas of your life. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the ways that you can recover fast from, from failure? Mm. Is it just not spending time in that self, you know, self pity phase <laughs> or is it just, how do you, <laughs> how do you get beyond it? Yeah. So my wife and I have a rule. Uh, we, our rule is if it's not going to matter in five years, don't dwell on it, dwell on it for more than five minutes. Mm. And so that's something that is really tactically wow. small tactics, but really helps a lot of just like, all right, is this really that big of a deal? Like, yes, it sucks. And I'll give you an example of that last year, we had uh, a lawsuit, a tree fall in one of our houses, and another lawsuit all in one month, right? So the first time, you're like, I lost it. All right. All right. I guess that happens. When the tree happened, I was like, oh, man, like, same month sucks. And then the third lawsuit happened, I was like, oh, my God, okay. You know what? Murphy's Law, this sucks, right? And I was like, you know, this, this absolutely sucks. But then, you know, I looked behind the, you know, the, the, the curtain, right. And was like, all right, well, what's really the truth behind all this, right? Well, one, I have insurance for all of these. right? so I'll put a claim out for the first lawsuit. It was a DoorDash guy at one of my apartments. He tripped on something and, and put a lawsuit out to us. Um, hmm. our insurance was like, you know what? No, you guys did everything right. Everything is at code and procedure wise. Like you guys are good. You guys are fine. Right. Nothing happened there. We're good. Second thing, tree fall in our house. Yes, we had insurance on that. So yeah, we had a deductible. Like we had to come a little bit out of pocket, but you know they cleaned it up in like two weeks, super fast. Uh, tenants stayed the whole time, uh, so everything worked out there. And then the third was uh, one of our Airbnbs uh, lawsuit. We had, she tripped on one. Or we had two steps there. She tripped on one of them, and uh, you know I think she was driving home and saw one of those big billboards that says you know sue this person, blah blah blah. 
And uh, he ended up dropping yeah. it because she was like, ah, she, there's no case, right? And, you know, so everything worked out at the end. But, you know, was I you know, very disappointed in the first five minutes? Absolutely, right? Uh, but, sure. you know, I've always seen that things always work out, right? Um, so you just got to, like, tell yourself, like, hey, it's, it, it will work out. And, and typically it does, right? And, um, you know, that can help you relieve some of that initial, like, this sucks, right? Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's all part of the game, too. And, and actually, the, the mindset there, too, is I always tell my wife, this too, is like, hey, if you're not getting sued, you're not doing enough yet. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, if you, uh, I, I've heard that before. That it, you, yeah, if you're if you're getting sued, you know you made it. <laughs> At least exactly, from, exactly. So, from that I regard, it's a badge of honor. Yeah, you, know, you kind of re- retune that right? right instead of like, oh, this sucks versus yeah. Oh, I made it finally. Great. Now I'll deal with it. But I made it. Sure. Man. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, in a lot of cases, I, I mean, I don't want to diminish it for a lot of people, but it is, it could be a first world problem. Yeah. If it's, if it's happening enough, but, um, um, especially the frivolous stuff. Yeah. But, um, um, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. And you'd mentioned, you know, working with your wife who now wife, you're recently yeah. married. Congratulations on that, it. by yeah. the way. And, and so have you always been partnered with your wife as far as working together and, and always been this power couple kind of thing? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, we, we definitely weren't always uh, working together right, in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, now I'll, I'll give her a lot of credit. I mean, we we did meet at our work gym way back in the day, and that's how we actually met. And uh, <laughs> I think we've always kind of been competitive with each other. We're both in tech sales, so we were always like kind of like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm better, I'm better at sales <laughs> than you are, blah blah blah. And uh, and then she really kind of got me into real estate too. I mean, she, her her family's in that real estate realm. And so uh, she always kind of knew that that was the path that she wanted to take. So she kind of, you know, actually cut out and, and became an agent first and um, and would drive me along to conferences and stuff. And the more you're around people, it really expanded my mind. So I think first off, just having a spouse like that, I'm really grateful for that because, you know, someone that can challenge you. We've grown in different ways. Like, you know, we're, you know, at first just, you know, Working girlfriend, but then you add that layer of a, a partner, business partner too. And at some points, it can absolutely get you know stuck in the business realm. If you know, you know, sure. You talk to people who work with their their significant other, um, but we try to make it so that we separate our lives as much as possible in, in that realm. But uh, yeah, we weren't always partners together, and uh, you know, I think just naturally over time, you kind of see what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I kind of look at it as like you know. She's on my board of directors, right? I, I go to her for advice, clarity, same thing, vice versa on, on her end. So, you know, it's always good to have someone that you can just really full trust, like just, you know, lay it all on the table and say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with. You know, what do you think? Right. And it's unbiased and yeah. you know, the truth out of it. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's important. And, and um, it's, it's great that you can have this relationship with someone that can also be a business partner. And I know a lot of people would struggle with that as far as, Working with a significant other, um, what's what are some of what what are one or two of the primary things that help you make that work? <laughs> that that like that have that balance or that harmony. Well, just know that business is different than your personal life. I think that's tough. Um, I think in the beginning, one of the tactical things that we used to do as a kind of more of a fun thing, but um, we were both in uh, tech sales at the time, and we or actually I was a tech sales, she was a real estate agent, and we'd always have these competitions every year of like whoever made more money that year, whoever lost. Would have to buy the other in an investment property and so oh. it made it fun but it also just like kind of you know still pushed us in, into our goals as well and so it made it a fun kind of competition that way and then and it's starting to realize like what your strengths and, and weaknesses are right i think it's easier to said than done and you kind of you kind of get to it via experience right and situational stuff um 
Mm-hmm. We find out real, real fast that my, my wife just, you know, wants no part of Excel modeling and things like that. And that's someone, that's something that I always, I always love doing. Like I love numbers and stuff. So I'd be like in the middle of the night working on my Excel. I'm like, Hey, yo, Jenny, Hey, check this out. Look at my Excel model. I just updated. It's super cool. She's like, does it work? She's like, yep. All right, cool. That's all I care about. Like, you tell me the numbers and we'll go from there. So, um, yeah, a lot of just, uh, you know, kind of figuring out each other's, uh, strengths and what we enjoy doing. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on the Excel spreadsheet stuff because I I, I always want that validation. Hey, no, look, I did a great job on this. This is awesome. <laughs> look at the look, multiple sheets, everything. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These, these no, to I hear you. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. Right. Pivot tables. Pivot tables. No. Yeah. 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 This is this is this gonna be deep, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and I mean, in addition to just being you know partners and you know and and. Um, uh, in life and in investing, now you started this other business, which is Zen Coast University. Because and that that really gets to the the uh, the purpose, the why that you talked mm-hmm. about earlier, yeah. right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? What you're doing with that, and 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 you know what what's going on there? Yeah. So I mean, I think as, as part of like you know us even losing that hundred thousand bucks and just realizing you know that there are a lot of people out there, right? So we wanted to. To really find a couple of couple things internally, like for us, it was more like we wanted to find like a bigger purpose, right? And and be able to give back and make an impact on this world in a better place, right? Some people do a podcast, like you're selling right. books and stuff like that. Like for us, you know, I, I love like, you know, we used to do these free webinars and in, in person meetings before COVID. And uh, people would always say like, hey, you know, like, thank you for doing this. But like, what, what's the catch? And I was like, there's no catch. We're just, I'd love to just spread this. And uh yeah, and so, you know, for us it was like, all right, like how can we do this in a, in a bigger way, in a, in, a, in a way that we can impact more people, right? And so, um, you know, I think part of it was like, what's that purpose, right? And for us, it was like, if I can help one other person, and one of the, that one other person can go help one other person in their community, and that other person that they help can help someone in their community, right? Now we have a compound effect of impact that we're creating, and and you know, if I were on my deathbed, I I know I could be very happy. Knowing that, hey, you know, like I've changed this world in, in, in the capacity that I can uh, to as much as I can to a better place, right? And so um, that's kind of the ethos <laughs> of why we created Zen Coast was to create a community of people, right? To be able to, one, like learn how to do real estate, but be around other people that are genuinely good human beings, right? Uh, and we don't let everyone in. It's not like, you know, one of those things, like, hey, everyone come in. It's like, no, nah, like we want to screen people and make sure that, you know, anyone that we do bring in, right? It's the right person, right? They are culturally sure. aligned with you know, who uh, are the, the people that are, are members already, like our students um, that are, are, you know, genuinely, authentically human beings that want to help other people out, right? And I'm a big believer in the law of attraction where if you just go out and help one other person, right, the universe will always come back around to you. It's kind of like, you know, instead of saying, hey, I want to be a millionaire, you say, how can I help 10 people make a million bucks, right? The universe mm-hmm. always comes back around. I guarantee that same person, you know, is a millionaire too. So that's kind of the whole philosophy of, of us is like, hey, like we can just help and share. And, and actually one of the funny things is I get this question all the time where they're like, for like, what, why do you share everything? And I'm like, what? and that's yeah. a very scarcity mindset to me. And I always say like, why, why, why? It's, it's so like different wavelength to me of like, well, why wouldn't I share? Like there's enough, you know, fish out there for everyone. Right. You know, me helping mm-hmm. someone else out doesn't mean that I get less. Right. And if you think that way, then, you know, that's something to look in the mirror about. But um, for us, at least the culture is, let's just go help everyone. And, and that always come back around. I totally agree with you on that uh, because I, I mean I see a lot of people and I, I try to judge people's or not judge but I try to look at people's mm-hmm. happiness yeah. and you know there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that that you know are, are very 
wealthy with money that don't seem to have a lot of joy. They don't, and they don't, maybe don't necessarily give back, yeah. but, but it, it's really the people that I see that, that are, that are giving and, and are being of service and have this higher calling in that, in that way that, that seem to be expressing a lot more joy. Um, and, and in that, I mean that you're the, one of those people that I see, like every time <laughs> I see, you know, you connect with you, it's just this light up of, of, of joy and, and, and service that, that you're providing for people. I think it's, it's just wonderful. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Um, and so, it's like yeah. wealth, like you said, I mean, it's like true wealth, right? True wealth isn't just being rich, right? It's true wealth is like yeah. every aspect of life. And, uh, I mean, if you're not living in, in a fun way, like even doing real estate deals, for example, you're not doing with people that you like doing them with. What's the fun in that? Yeah. Like, what, why even do it then at that point? Why is it just, you know, do nothing, just work your job or something like that at that point? Like, go do stuff that you like doing stuff with. And, you know, people, people in relationships are everything, man, in, in life. That That's really what I think yeah. I, I, I'll take to my grave is the relationships I make, the, you know, the Adam Hills of the world where, you know, just, you know, I love talking with people like you, right? And like, you know, you're, we have the same, you know, uh, ethics and, and, and morals and values, right? Where, you know, we're, we're trying to serve and, and give back to people. And I think that's, who I want to spend time with, right? And um, the older right, I get, right. the more yeah. and more I realize that. Um, so, well, that that's a. I, I think that's so important because the way you're the way you're doing it with regard to you know not just helping people to build their own wealth through um, you know through this community through through real estate education, but educating people to serve. You're giving you're giving people a why. You're giving people a purpose. I mean, every. A lot of other programs that you see out there for real estate is like, hey, here's how you get rich in real estate. Here's how you do the Burr method. Here's how you do the this method. And it's like, okay, well, great. But if if your if your goal is just to eventually just sit on a beach and just you know chill out there all day long, I, I mean, at some point you're not going to have that compelling motivation to really persist. Yeah. It's not going to be yeah. there. That's why people fail. That's why people stop, and they don't. Well, they that they don't continue after they fail. Yeah. So, um, so that's a powerful distinction between what it seems like you're doing and what, what, you know, I've seen another masterminds. Yeah. And, and this probably doesn't sell as much, but like, do we always start with just the, the why aspect of it? Because I mean, real estate, money, stocks, crypto, anything, right. They're just vehicles, right. To be able to do what you want to do, right. Live what you want to live, right. inside. Yeah. you know, I doubt that, I mean, hopefully your goal isn't just, hey, I want to make a million bucks, but it's, hey, I want to make a million bucks because I want to be able to dial back my hours as a, as a nurse from 60 to 20 or 10, right? And that way I could spend an additional 30 hours a week starting a nonprofit that, you know, teaches kids how to, uh, you know, financial literacy at a younger age. And, and to me, that's like way more mm -hmm. powerful. And that's, you know, like you said, that's what's going to continue to drive you to do stuff because, you know, Anything you do in life, anything that's worth anything, it it's a lot, right? It's a lot of mental strain, a lot of roller coasters. That's something that you won't see in the books, in the podcast, right? It's a lot of ups and downs, right? right? So the ups are easy to deal with, but the downs, right? To be able to, to recover from that failure fast, right? Only happens if, if you're mentally prepared and knowing that, hey, there's a bigger why behind this versus like, kind of like Elon, right? I mean, and obviously a lot of controversy with Elon Musk, but I mean, his, his vision isn't like, I want to make a, you know, the bill, I'm going to be the richest person in the world, or I'm going to make billion dollar companies. Now he's like, I want to get human beings on Mars, right? Like, what? Yeah. That's that's a mission, right? And, 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 you know, the money has come to him, sure, but that wasn't why he made SpaceX. I think he did it because, you know, he really you know, believes in, uh, you know, pushing the, the human race forward, right? So definitely, yeah. He took a, I mean, 
that, you know, regardless of what you think about him, he took a ton of risk on each of those things, all for that purpose yeah. of getting to that, you know, and, and, and improving transportation, all those kinds of things. There's a, there's a lot, a lot there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, purpose drives our, you know, purpose, you know, drives, drives what we can do. And as you said it best, it's like, you know, on your deathbed, what do you want to look back on and, and really appreciate? Yeah. Um, so, and, and you talk about mindset a lot. What are, what are some of the mindset practices that you do or some of the daily routines to get your mindset mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, just daily routine wise, I think an evening and a morning routine, like just kicks off your day in a way better way, right? Just go get good momentum. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I, I still fall into traps sometimes where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not traveling, right? And my phone's right next to me. I try to, nowadays I, I, I put my phone in a different room, right? So I don't wake up and yeah. scroll, but I've done that, right? On, you know, when I'm traveling where I fill my phone and start scrolling, right? Because that's what that... That's what the phone is nowadays, right? It's an addiction tool where you start scrolling and you're on there for like half an hour. You're like, oh my God, I, gotta, I can't even believe it. But so one of the things I do in my, my evening routine is I try to plan out my, my day of tomorrow. So I'll look at my schedule, plan it out. I'll plan out my, I'll get my clothes ready for tomorrow. And this is something that oh, um, yeah. a lot of like world leaders do. They're like, I think Obama's put it in his book where he's like, a president of the United States shouldn't plan what he eats or what he wears, right? So that's why, you know, you see people wear the same things over and over and over again. Because they're like, yeah, that's, yeah. That, you know, it's one <laughs> suit. Like I wear, a, you know, black turtleneck and jeans. That's all I wear, right? Um, I'm not like that crazy, but like just being able to not have to think about that kind of thing in the morning, right? So I can save my brain space for other stuff, right? That that helps. Yeah. And then morning routine-wise, you know, wake up. Uh, I was going to the gym with my wife in the morning, uh, every morning, but uh Kind of hurt my foot lately, so I've been kind of just limping down to my garage gym and, and trying to lift some weights. Um, and then <laughs> uh, if I have time, I'll do the meditation. And then, then I'll grab my phone, right? I'll take a shower, sure. grab my phone, and then um, you know I'll start my day. And usually, once you pick up that phone or you turn on your laptop, it's you're you're off, you're going, right? And so I want to at least give myself that time to be able to, um, you know, to have that time for me. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, that's something I hear a lot about from people who, who are high achievers that they always have a morning and an evening routine. Um, uh, and I want to kind of get back into some of your investment practices again, because you, you, you've primarily, or, or you started investing in the Bay area, right? One of the, yeah. So I, yeah, we, my first property actually was a, was a house hack. I, I bought a condo in the city, yeah. rented out the with a one bedroom plus a den that was like 150 square feet rinsed out the den and that was my first really investment experience but yeah yeah can you can you share what a house hack is just for those yeah who don't know? so house hack is an amazing way especially if you live on really in really expensive areas right is uh you, you yeah. buy a house whether it's a, a duplex or single family house maybe it has three bedrooms four bedrooms you can even have one bedroom plus a den right and essentially you rent out part of your house right so meaning that if you have a four bedroom, maybe you rent out the three other units or rooms, right? If you have a duplex, maybe you rent out the other side. For me, I bought a condo because that's all I could afford at the time and had a den and I put a, uh, a curtain on the den and I rented it out to someone that was doing a coding boot camp, right? So for me, for example, I'll, I'll use real numbers. I was paying $2,000 for my mortgage. Uh, this guy was paying me 1200 bucks for that den. Right? So my monthly you know, uh, expense for housing, what it was, it was 1500 bucks when I was renting for a room uh, in the city and then mm -hmm. it became 800 bucks. I cut that in half, uh, doing a house hack. Um, so wow. that was, that was my first floor. It was just a house hack in, in the Bay area in San Francisco. That's great. Yeah. yeah Cause I was curious. Yeah. I, I was always curious that, you know, a lot of people's or what I hear a lot of people's, uh, hesitation towards getting into real estate is as well. The market's too expensive. And, and, you know, here we have somebody who started out investing in one of the <laughs> highest priced markets in the, in the yeah. world. 
So yeah, it's it, it's interesting how you any, any, pull that off. Anything yeah. that you believe is true, right? If it's too expensive. It's too expensive. If rates are too high, and they're too high, mm-hmm. right? And I'll, I'll put it, I'll, I'll I'll put something out there that is gonna like just like put it in perspective. Like we're in twenty twenty three right now, but in twenty twenty one, for example, no one was buying. I hear people say, "I'm not gonna buy because it's too expensive." Or I'm sorry, yeah, it's too expensive, yeah. even though rates were low. Nowadays, what do you hear? You say you hear, "Well, it's prices have come down, right, significantly, twenty percent or so." And people are like, oh, rates are too high. I can't buy. Well, there's always going to be something, yeah. right? You can't have, you know, right. you know, low rates and low prices too, right? That that just doesn't exist. So you have to pick, you know, what you want to do and, 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 you know, roll with, you know, the, the strategy that you have to roll with for whatever market it is, whether it's geographical or, or overall macroeconomics market that you have to figure out. Yeah. So it just comes into really analyzing what your own goals are and, uh, and like you said earlier, not hitting home runs, but you you seem to latch on to this idea of of you know what you say failing upward, but obviously you had a lot of successes in there of uh, you know hitting singles, hitting you know doubles, moving on up from the uh, uh, from the house hack to the single family homes. Did it get easier as you did that, or, or, or yeah. was it more complex? I mean, or? the easiest one is the house hack, in my opinion, because you live there, right? You can touch it. You know, you're yeah. you're, you're really there. Um, we went from that to an out of state, uh, Texas proper single family house in Texas. Right. And, uh, yeah, I made some mistakes there too. Right. Um, you know, but then, mm-hmm. you know, deal after that was also in Texas, made some different mistakes, but never made the same ones. Right. And you kind of just learn and, and really there, to me, there's some barriers, right? I mean, house hack is one of them, uh, out of state is another car barrier, uh, doing a creative financing deal, like a burr, for example, is another one. Then you go to like yeah. multi-family and apartment complex. That's another level of a barrier that you have to break within yourself. Um, so yeah, I think progressively there's always barriers to break. Right. And, um, you know, even for us right now, I mean, we've done like a lot of single families and birds in our time. And I, I typically don't like to touch those as much anymore just because, um, I just know my time value uh, of it. So it's more now we'll just, you know, try to do bigger deals because same amount of time. Really. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, and so the thing that drove you into the bigger deals, like the commercial apartments and things like that was just so that you can maximize your time. But was there any elements of, of fear that came into you there to, to like, you know, well, now you're playing bigger, oh, hell yeah. but oh, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Um, it very much reminded me of my first investment property deal, right. Where I was like, I was really scared <laughs> to even jump in because all the fear comes in at the time. Right. And so same with the a commercial property, same thing. It was like, to me, I'd always, idolized and looked up to all these people that were doing it. Wow, you're so badass. That's so cool. I can't, I, I can't even fathom how to do that. And then, you know, for me, it was one of those things where I knew that that was where I wanted to go. Right. And, uh, you know, I just yeah. couldn't tell myself, I'm going to you know, do this and do this and do this. And it's going to sound super woo woo, but like, uh, eventually, you know, I think it was in 20, 2019 or 2020 or so it was in 2020, actually 2020. Uh, I was like, I'm going to do uh, an apartment complex, right? That's, that's, one, that's my big goal this year. And I just kept on telling myself that. And then an, an opportunity appeared itself. Uh, and, you know, probably years before that opportunity would have just gone right over my head. And I would have been like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm already. But this time, like I heard it and I was like, my subconscious was just like, yeah, this is it. Let's roll. Let's go do this. Right. And I took that opportunity and ran with it. And it wasn't as hard, right? It was not as hard as you think it is. Just like any kind of, you know, my first investment property is a single family house. Same thing. I thought it was, I put it in my mind thinking that'd be so hard. You do it, wasn't that bad, right? Same with apartment complexes. The only difference is maybe there's an additional comma or additional zero to it. Uh, but if you know what you're doing, yeah. you feel confident and you have the people around you that you can lean on and mentors that you can lean on, then there's really nothing to fear at that point, right? Except for the fear itself of, you know, perceived perception of, 
you know, what could happen, but guess what? Like anything could happen, right? We can all die in a meteor shower today. Right. But, um, sure. is that, is it likely going to happen? Is it, you know, number wise going to happen? Highly doubtful. Right. So, so getting into that apartment complex, that, that first one that, that you did. So have you, when you started doing that, did you start borrowing other people's more of other people's money or did you, uh, how did you finance those and what other things yeah, did you do? Yeah, the first one was just our own money. Um, and uh, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I wanted to back out of <laughs> uh, <laughs> that deal in between because I just, you know, I just wasn't sure, right? And uh, I, I wanted to at least try our own money first, right? And, and really kind of understand. And it took me maybe like three or three deals, yeah, three or four deals in of doing our own and then saying, you know what, yeah. I've, all right, I think I feel more prepared now to, to do bigger ones with, with people. So, um, so yeah, it was our own money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, no, that's good to know. I mean, it, it's, it, it's kind of consistent with the direction you were taking, which is just like steps up, you know, you're just kind of taking steps up, not a, not a huge risky leap, but just these gradual steps up. Um, and, uh, if you had, so if, if you were to kind of go back in time and tell yourself, uh, when you're just starting out or or even just a new investor that might be afraid to get into real estate because of one of the aforementioned, I don't have money, I don't have time, I don't have this, I don't have that. Um, what would you, what advice would you give that person knowing what you know now? Man, there's so many things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you have a, that's why you have a mastermind for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think, I think a couple of things, right, is, is really be very strategic about who you surround yourself with, right? Um, because, mm -hmm that those people will really kind of push you in the right or wrong direction. Right. And so I think if I look back at, you know, the growth that we had, uh, I would attribute a lot to just, you know, being around very high level people that I, I, you know, to this day I look up to and, and, and for some even have, you know, kind of surpassed where I feel like they could help me anymore, but it, and still, I, you know, friends with them and stuff like that, but it's like, you be around those people, you just get up to that level a lot faster. And so, but I think, the trap that a lot of people will fall into is that they'll see a, a very famous, you know, YouTuber out there and they'll think automatically, oh, this person's a, you know, that's, that's, he's a badass, right? Um, but really without yeah. checking out their values, right? And potential baggage that they may have as well, right? And so I think it's so important as I look back at my journey and stuff and yeah, I made a lot of mistakes, right? But it's like more just looking back at that mistake and understanding that like the mistakes I made weren't like tactical, they're, they're more about people. That's definitely the hardest part mm -hmm. of any business, but it's also the most rewarding part. Right. So I would always say to myself, you know, if I were, you know, here, you know, six years ago or so, I'd say, hey, you know, always just make sure that you invest in the people around you. Right. And that also includes yeah. yourself, right? Because you got to invest in yourself to be able to um, I guess allow yourself to be around those people. Right. And what I mean by that, I was actually showing them one of my pods the other day. And uh we're talking about hiring people, right. Or bringing in partners and stuff. And, uh, you know, so when I mentioned, mm -hmm. it was like, Hey, actually like, yeah, all you gotta do is you gotta find the right people. And I was like, yeah, you could, I think that's right. But I think taking it to the next step was actually more of like, who do you need to be to attract those people? Because the best people that have been in my life have kind of shown up. Right. And naturally have, have, have stayed around versus me seeking people. So I was like more about like, how, who do you need to be as a human being to attract the people that you want to be around? I think that's to me, yeah. um, you know, more powerful than to go out and find people, right? Yeah, attract. I love that. I love that perspective on attracting people that you want to be around too. So, and 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 that's 
seems like that's what you're doing too with Zen Coast University. It sounds like it's a really, really incredible uh, mastermind that brings in people of the same values. I and and if people want to discover more about that, learn more about you, Calvin. How how can they find you and 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 uh, reach yeah, out? Yeah, I'm 100. Uh, just go to zencoastuniversity.com. Uh, you know, you can find me there. Book a call with us. Um, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm just Calvin Chin REI. Uh, YouTube as well. So we do we still do a lot of free uh, master classes as well. So um, just follow us and and uh, you know hopefully we can provide any kind of information. Just help you guys on your journey. Yeah, please, please do. If you're listening to this and you've and you've wanted to look at how you could, and, and not just be, not just in in a way that you do, not just so you could quit your job. If you're happy in your job, that's that's wonderful. But if you want to get the financial freedom to have that additional security, to have real security, you know, learn more from you know one of the best asset classes out there regarding real estate, one of the true champions in this field who's who's serving and giving back. Uh, Calvin, you're you're a rock star in this area, dude, and I'm so glad that you were able to spend some time here today. Thanks for joining yeah, us, dude. Thanks for having me, Adam. Appreciate it, man. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for everybody for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do. And I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.